Welcome to Mind Love, episode 264. Today's episode is all about building a bridge of communication with your pet. I once had an animal say to me, oh, I get it. We're trading thoughts. And I thought, oh my God, that's exactly what we're doing. We're trading thoughts. And so now how does it come in? It comes in as a thought. Now it's accompanied by a certain energy signature, you know, which you recognize, as you said, you know, you could feel him, his presence. You didn't have to look at him in order to feel him. And if there was another presence in the room that wasn't his, you wouldn't feel it as Maverick. You know that it wasn't Maverick, you know? So all of those things are accurate. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. If this is your first time giving your mind a little love, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Mind love is a habit, and the more you give your mind that love and intention, the better you'll feel about yourself and your life. Plus, it's really a win-win because more subscribers means Mind Love attracts even more amazing guests to bring you their wisdom. So don't forget to subscribe. Today, I'd like to share a review from Maria Isabella who says, I just started listening to Mind Love after hearing Melissa's interview on the Boss Babe podcast, and dang, I just can't get enough of this podcast. The conversations on here are so interesting and insightful and leave me with so much food for thought about how to have a better life and how to have more mindfulness in my life and relationships. Even when I don't agree with everything that's said in an episode, there's always something positive to take away and always something worth pondering over. Thanks for creating this modern mindfulness space for such a great podcast. Well, thank you, Maria. I am so grateful for this review and I'm so grateful you took the time to add a little light to my day. Do you ever wish you knew what your pet was thinking? If you're a pet owner, you know how deep that bond is. With my dog, Maverick, I always had a hard time saying owner. <laughs> he was my equal. He took care of me as much as I did him. I lost Maverick in May and I am still grieving. I don't cry every day anymore, but the tears roll in a couple times a week. We were together 15 years. He was with me in my traumatic 20s. I'm still working through regrets I've had in those early years when my life was a shit show and Maverick was along for the ride. There were times I'd stay at friends' houses with him and a raging party would ensue and I'd pass out and Maverick would stay up and stand on my body and literally attack anyone who came near me. And mind you, he was a seven-pound little nugget. <laughs> there was also a time I passed out topless while camping, inspired by the nude hippies nearby, and Maverick scared away anyone trying to take pictures. That little guy saved my life in so many ways, even when I just couldn't find a reason to make it one more day. Besides Maverick, he was my reason. When he was alive, I used to wish he could speak, although he could say so much with just a look. I'm not sure if I even needed words. Looking back, I think it was our energetic bond. I think we were communicating, maybe even telepathically, but I just didn't have the understanding to do it more consciously. In his last few months, I wished I could ask him if he was ready. I wanted him to know how much I loved him and that I just wanted him to be at peace. And now I just want to feel him. What I wouldn't give for one more lick or one more cuddle in our bed. He slept in a strip alongside my body for 15 years and 
Only stopped when I started co-sleeping with my baby and his bladder was no longer reliable. And even that broke my heart. But you know what? I do still feel him. And I'm learning that I can access that at any time. I'm also learning that we did communicate and we still can. When he first died, I felt so desperate to have him back. I was looking for any ways that I could possibly find that would make it feel like he was here again. And actually, he currently sits in my living room in one of his favorite spots. And no, I did not find a taxidermist. But I did find the next best thing. I ordered this replica of him from a company called My Petsies that were on Shark Tank. And oh my goodness, having him here has been so, so healing. Maverick was a small black dog and we got so used to having him in our line of vision or at least our periphery all the time that even when we'd travel and there'd be like black boots by the door, we'd have this instant thought that it was him and then we'd laugh. Well, now that still happens. I look over and it's like my Petsy has captured his energy somehow. I told you earlier how I still feel him and I really, really do. You'll hear in the episode how I spend time with him in meditation and how it's really helped my grieving process. As the months have gone on, I've made less time for that, unfortunately. And it is understandable. Still a mom of a toddler, still pregnant, still running a business, still running a household. But it also makes me sad because I still consider Maverick a huge part of me. He taught me how to love, how to care for someone. He loved me when I thought no one else would. He saw through my flaws and mistakes when even I couldn't. But now with my Maverick replica from my Petsies, I just look over and see him. And in that moment, we connect and I'm reminded to be with his energy. And to add another layer, my toddler Bravery is obsessed with it. He was a little too young to be fully bonded with Maverick when he died. Yet somehow he is bonded with this stuffed dog and he carries it around the house and says, doggy. <laughs> I'm going to leave a link for my petsies in the show notes because I highly recommend you checking it out. I'll also have a photo on my Instagram at mindlovemelissa so you can see mine. But the point is, whether your pets are still with you or they're with you outside of the physical, what I'm learning and what you'll learn today is that they are always with you. And there are ways to deepen the bridge of communication with them when they're here and when they're gone. And sometimes it helps to have a tool like my petsies or photos around the house or an expert like our guest today. But they are deeper and more intelligent and aware than most people give them credit for. Or maybe as deep and connected as we fur parents have always known. So today we're going to learn how to deepen that connection and then test our own abilities. Our guest is Ellen Lance of Ask My Pet. She's an internationally renowned five-star rated animal communicator and pet psychic with over 3.4 million YouTube viewers. Her animal communication work spans hamsters to horses and has been featured in the New York Daily News, MSN, and Huffington Post. What's really cool is that Ellen's talents do not require an animal to be in her physical presence, so she has clients worldwide. And she is the person who helped me through Maverick's loss, both before he died and after. So I'm very deeply grateful to her. Three key things we will learn are what animals want their owners to know most, how and why animals need emotional clearing, and how people can build a better bridge of communication with their pet. Before we totally expand our minds, I want to invite you to wake up to the morning mind love. 
Every weekday morning, you just get a little inspiration to set your tone for the day and give you something positive to focus on. Think of it like a short note from your higher self. Plus, when you sign up, you get two free gifts, a super powerful 30-minute affirmation meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. And it's all completely free. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word MORNING to 33777. That's MORNING to 33777. And now let's welcome Ellen Lance to the show. My pleasure. So give us a little background on you. When did you first discover that you could communicate with animals? You know, it's probably at this point, somewhere towards 15 years or so ago. And it, it, it there was a something, an, an incident that happened that was very dramatic to me that I, I couldn't ignore that uh, I can describe in a second. But what I also want to say for your listeners is in retrospect, there were also little things that had happened along the way that I never equated with, aha, I'm communicating with my animal or the fact that what I was perceiving wasn't what everybody else was also perceiving. You know what I'm saying? So in retrospect, I want to tell people that even though, yes, I had this undeniable defining moment, I had also had just not connected dots up to that point, and they may be having those such those kinds of experiences themselves even now, and just haven't been connecting the dots. So that's the first one thing that I want to say. Even though you know there can be this you know kind of like lightning kind of a, a experience that might occur and that did occur, I also know from my own experience that, oh, wait a second, you know, if I really think about it, this happened a couple of years before that. And then that happened too. And then blah, blah happened. So sometimes it isn't that one defining experience. It is little things that accumulate and can lead up to or not lead up to, but they're still valid. So that's what I wanted to say in terms of the, that overall Thing. The actual experience where I went, oh, um, was where uh, I had a cat who was uh, ill and not eating for several days and she was in the closet and I was afraid she was going to die. And, and so I was, I was talking to her out loud, pretty desperate. And I heard her, she looks at me uh, and she looks up at me all of a sudden like, boom, you know, she looks up at me and I heard her say, I'm going to beat this. And I was so shocked because I, that, you know, that for me was the defining moment where I am hearing her voice saying something very specific to me. And I was so stunned. I, and it was so clear that I, I said out loud to her, uh, oh, okay, sweet pea. And then left the closet thinking, nah, she's never going to make it. <laughs> Oh, but she did. She 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 rallied. I mean, it was really astounding. So so for for me, that was the attention getter that I couldn't walk back from the knowledge that this is possible. 
What were some of those little things that looking back, you now see in a different way? Very first cat I had, I didn't even think I was ever going to have a cat because honestly, I didn't like them. Uh, and, and so I had gone to this psychic, you know, I'm, 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 I live in California. You, you live in California. We sometimes talk about psychics, right? So I had gone to the psychic cause I, I had felt this change coming on and I couldn't quite get what was going on. And I knew it was going to involve moving. And the first thing she says to me is, oh, you have a cat. And I almost left at that point. And I said, no, I don't have a cat because a, I don't have a cat, and B, I don't like cats. And she said, oh, well, you're going to have a cat. I thought, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, really? I'm going to pay this woman? But <laughs> when I moved, in fact, there was a cat staring into the sliding glass windows of our apartment. She would not leave day and night. She wouldn't leave, wouldn't leave, wouldn't leave. P.S. She finally became our cat. I finally got over not liking cats. And she was the first one who started to train me with pictures. So I started to see pictures in my mind. Now with her, she really was an eater. And so she really liked to be out there in the kitchen in the middle of the night and, and lure me out, you know? And so uh, mentally, I mean, it would wake me up and I would see a picture in my mind of her waiting in the kitchen. I'd go out in the kitchen and she'd be looking at me like, well, what took you so long? And so you know, I was having that kind of experience, but I, I kind of assumed, I just missed it. You know, I didn't think much of it either way. I just thought, okay, well, maybe everybody has this, whatever, I don't know. So, you know, so that was one situation. And then she continued in her way. I, I could, you know, she would look at me like, I know all your secrets. And I remember saying out loud to her, I know you know all my secrets and I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> that was fine with me. <laughs> she, you know, eventually uh, passed on. And then there was a feral cat who lived in our apartment complex garage. And we kind of had to woo her for nine months. But she's the other one who, again, with the strength of her mind, she would call me out. There was never a pattern. So it's not like it was every day at two o'clock. I would know to go out there. No, it could, it could be crazy times and day. It didn't matter. I, it was such a strong like a magnetic pull. I knew she was pulling on me and she wanted me to come out to get into that garage and just like, oh, she wouldn't allow me to come near her. She would just like stare at me, daggers, but you know, that was her personality. And we eventually did, took nine months, but we eventually did, were able to, you know, get her and she became our cat and she became an indoor cat. But same thing, you know, when I look back, I realized that they train you, you know, they were training me and I didn't even realize that that's what they were doing. And then there was another situation where I, uh, I was waiting for um, someone, I actually for an astrological reading years ago, and, uh, and there was this cat there and I started hearing this cat and this cat was in a panic. You, you have to make them listen to me. You have to make them listen to me. And I was, I just, I was embarrassed to say something to the owners, because I didn't know them. And I, but I did say, um, you know, do you, you know that your cat like talks a lot? Because this cat would not shut up. And, um, and they said, Oh, yeah, yeah, we know that. And so I thought, Oh, all right, well, you know, and then I delivered whatever message that the cat wanted to deliver. But I thought, this is nothing special, because everybody does it. 
okay. So, and to this day, I don't know if they meant, oh yeah, she's just a vocalizer or if they also could hear, I don't know. But when it happened with Sweet Pea, the one in the closet, the way it happened, who actually was the feral cat, now that I think about it, just realized full circle, didn't even think about that. <laughs> uh, then I went, okay, uh, this isn't fake. This isn't something, you know, that, that I'm making up here. I'm, I'm, this actually is real. I have always been someone who's prioritized wellness. Well, at least what I understood about it at the time, which has definitely evolved. But now I live in a town where some of my conveniences just aren't as accessible as when I lived in L.A. Then I found Aloe Moves and my whole experience changed. I've been an avid yogi for 16 years, but frankly, I am just underwhelmed by most online yoga. Their flows are either too easy or not varied enough. Well, Aloe Moves has everything. Of course, they have an endless selection of beginner content, since that is the category most people fall into, but they even have advanced and yoga teacher-focused content. They are the only online platform that I can find that I can narrow down the time that I'm looking for precisely. Like, I have 38 minutes today. What you got? <laughs> they have something for every mood. Trying to get a good sweat? Try their award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, hit classes, or reformer Pilates workouts with or without weights. Or find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and even journaling for those quiet moments. And when it comes to sleep, it's just as important as fitness and nutrition. Ever since I watched The Art of Sleep on Aloe Moves, I've been falling asleep faster and staying asleep longer. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code MINDLOVE for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code MINDLOVE. alomoves.com code MINDLOVE. If there's one topic that keeps coming up in my women's circles, it's our hormones. Frankly, I think that between years of birth control or beauty products that mess with endocrine function, a lot of us are just out of whack. Estro Control is a formula developed by Happy Mammoth, a supplement company dedicated to making women's lives easier. It has science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health, especially in women who suffer from PMS. The way Estro Control eases PMS is pretty interesting. The ingredients support the liver, and that's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when the estrogen isn't processed well in the liver, women may start having PMS, spots on the skin, they get cravings, they feel low all of a sudden. Estro Control was created to help women feel like themselves all throughout the month because PMS can basically rob us of a week of our lives every month. Totally not fair. Estro Control is made specifically for women who are premenopausal, so it's perfect for women that haven't entered menopause yet. And in fact, it's amazing for perimenopause when hormones start to fluctuate and PMS can turn into a beast. I have been relearning myself postpartum. I just started my period again when my baby was 10 months and I forgot how wild these hormone changes can be. I wanted something to just maintain optimal hormone levels and help with mild mood swings, and Estro Control is perfect for this. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code MINDLOVE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use promo code MINDLOVE for 15% off your first order. That's incredible. It's it's funny because I had such a close bond with my dog Maverick that I 
would just know what he needed. And so it's there. I feel like there's a fine line in general. And yeah, it never went to the point of like me hearing full paragraphs. Sometimes I think I would, but it would, I wonder if I'm just making it up where it's like, you know, like I, I know I've created, I don't know what was his personality or what I've just projected onto him where, you know, he had this little voice in my head, but it wasn't like this booming, clear, separate from me type thing. And it's interesting because I've spoken to a number of intuitives and some people have claimed that they have built their intuition over time, whether they took a course, something that they've opened themselves up to, whereas others have this sort of awakening experience where a gift just hits them and their lives are never the same after that. What do you believe? Do you believe that it's something that people can open themselves up to? Do you think that it's just a gift that some people have? And I know it's kind of impossible to know, but I love to hear people's perspectives on that. I think it could be either or. I think that if you want muscles in your body to be toned or defined, you you work out, you know, you exercise. I think if you want to increase your ability to perceive uh, in the non-physical, then you do certain things that will enhance those abilities. Now, you may be born with some of those abilities a little bit like a singer, you know, I mean, (laughs) you know, even the best of singers probably could get a little bit better if they do some practicing. And some singers are just really good, you know, and, and, you know, remarkable from the get go. But that doesn't mean that you can't end up to be a really good singer. So I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I think that makes sense to me. My personal belief is anybody can do this. Anybody can get better. You know, there are animal communicators who I've talked to who they just kind of feel the answers or something. So they're not as as clear audio as I am, but they don't have to be. And, you know, and even though I also see some pictures, there's some people who are way more picture oriented. You know, so I think you need to find the methodology that best suits your system and learn to meditate frankly because i think i i i personally believe that if i had not done a lot of cleaning out and clearing out and if i had not learned to meditate for very practical reasons it's not i i did not start out meditating for spiritual reasons you know it had a spiritual effect on me. I didn't know it was going to have a spiritual effect on me. I didn't know that it would create the kind of space that I could actually hear my intuition and feedback from other sources, we'll say. But, you know, even if I look back, did I have intuition as a kid? Sure. But what did I do with it? I turned it off like anybody else in my family, you know, I, mean, I ran the other way. So, you know, my intuition would say X, I'd go, okay, I get it. And I do Y. So uh, I think that once we start to honor and create space in order to be able to perceive um, in the non-physical, then, then we can. And your mind is always going to tell you that you made it up. It's just, you know, or, this is my favorite. What if I'm wrong? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, even as an animal communicator, I mean, there's some things that come up and I say that I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. What if I'm wrong? Right. Or what if, 
they say, I have no idea what you're talking about, right? Yeah. When I contacted you, I was going through a really rough time because I had had my dog for 15 years. My dog and I were as close as two people could get. He was with me through all of my 20s trauma. When I was a nomad, just staying on people's couch, it was just always Maverick. So everyone that I've ever come in contact with knew who Maverick was. <laughs> everyone called him a special dog. And mostly it was because of our bond. Like we were just so close. And so I was just having a lot of trouble because... I was getting a sense that it was time, but I wasn't really ready to face it. And and uh, he was slowing down, but then he had these moments where I'm like, okay, he's fine. And I didn't know if I was projecting that onto him or what. And so I remember our first conversation. It was a very healing conversation. It was things that I needed to hear. There were certain th- things from my early 20s that... I regretted before I knew before I knew how to take care of myself really well and Maverick was just a part of things. I wish he I wish I had not taken him to parties, you know, and passed out on the couch, like things like that. And there was just a few things that the older I got and the better person I became, the more I would just look at him and be like, You're just this bundle of love. I wish you had had I wish I was always as good of a mom as I am now, type thing. And not that I was bad or or anything, but just growing. So some of the things that Maverick said through you were just exactly what I needed to hear around that and that, you know, he loved me no matter what and he knew how much I loved him. And and then, you know, we get off the phone and, but at that time it was like, it's not, he's thinking about it being time, but it's not quite. And, and so I got off and I felt really good. And then I started to doubt and I was like, well, was that real? Like, and about a week later or something like that, I just could sense that he had taken a turn and I ended up actually calling the vet and scheduling to take him in. And I was really nervous. I didn't know if I was going to cancel. And then I got an email from you. And then you said, uh, how's Maverick? And, and basically I, I said what was going on and you're just like, I, I, he came to me and I think it's, I'm getting a sense that it's time. And and it was just the timing. <laughs> so any doubt that I had, like, I always have a healthy amount of skepticism with everything. It's like I go full in and then afterwards I'm like, I don't know, there's a chance it wasn't real. But then it was like right after I got off the phone, I got an email from you. <laughs> and it, so I think I really needed that. I'm not sure if I would have gone through with it. Uh, but it was, I think it's just such a hard decision that it's nice to have somebody on the other end that at least verifies what you're thinking in whatever way that can be verified. And so that was my experience with animal communication. But I'm curious, what are some of the other typical reasons that somebody would ask to talk to their pet? There are situations where, let's say, people are splitting up and they want to know, somebody wants to know, what does this pet want to do? There may be animals in the family who are not getting along, or there may be a certain level of disaffection that uh, a dog is having either to, well, you're, you're a new mom. Okay. So, you know, sometimes you have an, and it could be a cat for that matter, or, or a dog, but um, you can have an animal who feels rejected because the mother is, has a new baby. And so, you know, working with situations like that, or, you know, there, I've had situations where new baby and the dog is suddenly uh, being um, nasty to the husband. And there are all sorts of reasons for that. 
Wait, that happened to me. All of a sudden, when I became pregnant, I actually have a video of him like growling at my husband and they've always been so close. And Shane was really sad about it because he loved Maverick so much. So I totally relate to that. After about a year in, he got better, but it it was odd and and it was hurtful to Shane. Yeah, it can be. I mean, I, I remember dealing with this one couple where I really respect her because she was honest about, because there were certain things that the, that the dog was saying and same thing dog had been very, very close to, to the uh, husband and the dog uh, was saying certain things. And I said to her, you know, can I ask you something? Are you thinking some of these things about him? You know, like maybe about his not being helpful enough or he's not there, whatever it was, were things that were going on, you know? And she's like, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I have to work with your dog and you and kind of dialogue about this and, you know, and, and, and kind of get the dog. It was very interesting you know, situation because, because, because I had to do some emotional work with the dog, but there was also some work that needed to be done on, um, you know, with the wife or by the wife, um, which to her credit, you know, she did. And, and so we were to able, we were able to restore the relationship but you know, it took some it, it it took some work. So you know, you have you can have situations um, of that nature too. Um, I once had this is not the only reason um, this woman had contacted me, but in the course of contacting me about her dog, she said, uh, "What does my dog think of my boyfriend?" So I thought, okay, fine. So I asked the dog, and the dog says he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, oh, my God. And I said, well, I have never heard an animal use this word. But your dog says he's a dick. And I hear total silence for a minute. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I lost her. And she goes, I tell her that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) So... You know, in the end, I think people do it either because they want, there's a problem that they are trying to solve, or they just want to have a better relationship with their animal. And communication fosters greater understanding on both sides, uh, on all sides, right? And then, and therefore that results in more closeness, you know, so typically, like, I'll have people say, you know, they were so much more affectionate after our call, or or, you know, uh, right after I booked with you, I noticed that they started looking at me different. Or, I mean, it's really interesting, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, if you've ever done, like, personal growth training workshops, they, they always said, you know, the training starts when you sign up. It doesn't start, like, when you get in the door, right, kind of a thing. But, and so animals, they also somehow know. So they, you know, people come for a variety of reasons, and those are some of the reasons. One more that I want to bring up, is because it's, it's something that I really kind of like doing, uh, especially is sometimes people will contact me because there's a dermatitis issue or something going on with their animal that they've gone to the vet. The vet doesn't know quite what it is. The vet puts them on some kind of special food and yet things aren't getting better. And so they say to me, well, is there anything you can do? Because I'm so sensitive to energy, what I do is I ask them to give me uh, the ingredients, the names and the ingredients of everything that's going into that animal's mouth. And what I do is I energy test each one of those ingredients. And then we can find the culprits. 
you know, it, it, and then when you get them off of that, um, the so far so good, you know, the feedback I get is stuff like my cat had chronic itching in its ear for years and nobody knew what it was. And finally, you know, it's stopped. It's fun because it's, they're not, I'm not dealing with an issue of life and death and that particular kind of thing. And often, you know, sometimes I am dealing with, you know, end of life type issues, but I can still help them in a way that's going to help them physically, not just emotionally too, but also physically. And it's fun finding the culprits. You know, it's sometimes it's, it's like, like my own cats, peas and carrots. They can't have anything with peas and carrots in it. Sometimes it's cranberry. Sometimes it's rosemary extract. It's not just the obvious ones that you would think of like chicken. And I mean, every, every animal where there's a food sensitivity, it can be a, you know, it, you never know what the ingredient's going to be. And, and it usually is more than one ingredient. And then you find, you know, foods that are not going to, you know, trigger those sensitivities um, so that they can feel more comfortable. So I, I really like those. Those are fun. It's all fun, but I, those ones are really fun. <laughs> when you're energy testing something like that, what's that experience like for you? Like, do you see a blockage? Is it a color? Is it another voice? And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. What's that experience like for you? Like, do you see a blockage? Is it a color? Is it another voice? You know, usually, usually it hits me uh, like in the solar plexus or I have a sharp increase of breath, like, <gasps> you know, it, but it's involuntary. And um, which is the same same way when I test, let's say, flower essences or supplements. Um, it's the same thing. If there's if I go through a diagram of, a, of an animal's body, you know, and there's there's a difference in how the vibration of of an organ that's got nothing, you know, that's balanced, right? Where there are no issues and an organ where it's going to be vibrating in a way that 
again, it's going to hit, I can just feel the vibration. Um, and it's either just obvious to me that it's vibrating that way, or it literally just kind of smacks me, you know, it's like, okay, there's something going on with their kidney I mean, and their bladder. It doesn't have to be, it could be a fine tuned thing, or it could be something um, greater. I, would you like an example? Yeah. Okay. So a woman contacted me whose horse had tried to kick her and his personality, that was a surprise given his personality, right? So it's not like this is a horse who tries to do that all the time, not at all. So she says to me, can you you know, ask him what's up? Okay, so I ask him what's up. And he says, well, there's, he's gotten irritation. You know, like there's something irritating in his body. I said, okay. So I took a, a diagram of, um, uh, of a horse, insides of a horse, just major organs. So I trace through. And when I get to basically like the penis sheath, it vibrates. So I go, okay, there's something going on with his penis. So I said to him, like, when you pee, is it painful? Because I'm trying to figure out, is there some kind of UTI thing here? But yet the, the um, you know, his, his bladder feels okay. His, uh, you know, his kidneys uh, aren't vibrating. But yet when I go, you know, into that area, there's something going on. And so I look on the internet and one thing, you know, and I thought prostate, but it's like, it says, no, prostate's very rare. And then it says something about something called a bean, and as soon as I saw that word, that hit me in the chest. And and the, and so I said to um, my client, Annie, Annie, I think he's got a bean. A bean is a waxy buildup um, in the penis sheath. So they're not circumcised, right? Apparently. I don't know much about horses, but apparently they're not. And so you can have something stuck there that can be irritating. And so she said, okay, I'll just have the vet come tomorrow, come out tomorrow. And he did. And she calls me back and she said, so the vet said he had a giant bean. And he wanted to know how I knew. <laughs> well, <laughs> I said, did you tell him? She's like, well, you know, kind of. <laughs> it reminds so, me of when I have like, when I've had food poisoning in the past, which has only happened a couple of times. The way that I figure out what gave it to me is I'll just kind of scan through things. And like the moment that I hit like, oh, the sandwich yesterday, I'll get a wave of nausea. And I know that's a lesser example, but... Same it's like, thing. how do I know? It's it's that same thing where it's like, yeah, so that's the thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was that one sandwich. And everyone, people around me will be like, how do you know exactly what? Like, I, I guess not everybody does that with their food sensitivities, but it's what works for me. And even with this pregnancy, all of a sudden I had this weird, I, I've been really sick with this pregnancy and it's been difficult. So there's a lot of foods, but one of them that hit me really hard is I was trying to think because I hardly ate anything and I was eating the safe foods and I had no idea almonds would be one of them. And when I got to almonds, I, I actually had to run to the bathroom and throw up just thinking oh, wow. about them. Okay, there you go. You could do what I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. It's one of my biggest goals in life. It's why I spend so much time talking to intuitives and really feeling what their experience is like because I think it's kind of like running the mile where, you know, nobody could, nobody could pass four minutes forever until they saw somebody do it. And I think that's kind of what we're onto in the world is we're seeing this open up for so many people. So maybe just seeing what's possible is allowing people access to some of the gifts that they've hidden away. I think that's a big piece of it. I really do. Because until I actually thought it was possible, I think that, I mean, because boy, I was just like, oh, that's, 
you know, that's garbage. That's bullshit. They're making that up. I mean, I was very, very positioned about it until I actually realized that it was possible. I think that the, there were, even though I was having probably those little experiences, I was still on some level kind of, you know, just dismissing them, right? It's at the point where you go, oh, wait a second, this really is possible. I think some of those artificial barriers that we put out there, you know, kind of have a chance to to dissipate or vanish. Yeah, since I've lost Maverick, especially that first week, I was just so heartbroken. I could cry right now, but I I felt such a deep void and I got this very specific energy feeling with Maverick. Like we'd have this thing where I'd always just lay him on my heart and like breathe. And it was like, it would always feel healing. It was just this special feeling. I don't even get the exact same with my son when he lays on my chest, but it's something about that heart space, Maverick's head on my chest, feeling and breathing. And, and I spent a lot of time in meditation that next week after losing him. And I really was attempting to tune into his energy. And I was having full-on conversations with him. So whether it was, and it wasn't like hearing this super obvious voice, but it was like my my thoughts were just speaking to each other almost. Like I would I would say something and then this whole stream of something would come in. And so I like to believe that I was tapping into his energy and that that's possible. And what I've realized is I realized about a month later, I'm like, oh, that's happening less. And then I thought, well, I'm intending to less. You know, I'm going into meditation, but I'm not sitting there saying, okay, this is my time with Maverick. And so I tried it again. And I I was just like, okay, Maverick, like I need to feel you. And he's like, I'm right here. And there were just these little conversations. And I don't know if I would have gotten through that month very well <laughs> without at least that belief that it was happening and that uh, just connecting to him. And because I was so attuned to his energy, like me and this little guy were, our bodies were touching like 60% of the time (laughs) for the last 15 years. He slept right next to me. Like I knew what Maverick felt like. If I was meditating with my headphones on and my, I wear an eye mask too. And Maverick, when he was alive, would walk into the room, I would know. And so. You would know, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And you know what? And so not that much has changed. In other words, you had your eyes closed you had your earphones on and yet you knew when he showed up and it and that's still how it is with an animal that has transitioned i mean and and the other thing i want to say to you melissa is that you know i once had an animal say to me oh i get it we're trading thoughts and i thought oh my god that's exactly what we're doing we're trading thoughts you know and so what is that now, how does it come in? It comes in as a thought. Now, it's accompanied by a certain energy signature, you know, which you recognize, as you said, you know, you could feel him, his presence, even though you didn't, you didn't have to look at him in order to, to feel him. And you would never confuse the way he felt if, you know, if there was another presence in the room that wasn't his, you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel it as Maverick, you know that it wasn't Maverick, you know? So all of those, all of those things are, are accurate. I mean, if you really want to start, I don't know, testing yourself is the wrong word, but if you really, if, if you feel like your own experiences are not enough because there's nobody that you can bounce them off of, then start with other people's animals, talk to them see what you get or communicate with them in however way you, you know, I say talk, but, and then say, say something to the owner and say, does this make sense to you? 
right? Because that's that's what I started to do after I had my experience with my cat. You know, certain things would, you know, I'd be see people or their animals and, you know, I'd say blah, blah, blah. And they'd say, how'd you know that? And I'm like, well, you're whatever, fill in the blank, you know, horse, cat, you know, hamster, whatever they told me, right? So, and then you get feedback. Then you know, you know, right? So, so that is, that is another way for you to be able to verify independently if you feel like you need independent, you know, for those of your listeners who say, okay, this is great, but I, I want to go out there and kind of test my, you know, my chops, do it, you know, do it, have fun, you know. Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. And get this, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? So what's the solution? Two words, living intentionally. We have to take full responsibility for every area of our lives, including our health, which also includes our air. And that's why I love my air doctor. As a reminder, when you support my sponsors, you also support the show. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants, so your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants like allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I live in the mountains, and our air is pretty great. When I drive home, I can witness myself rising above the cloud of pollution that covers the rest of Southern California. But I know that even in the mountains, my home traps in the contaminants that my family brings inside. Plus, just sleeping one night with my air doctor, I could actually feel the difference. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe-easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to Air Doctor Pro and use promo code MIND, and depending on the model, you'll get up to $300 off. You're saving up to $300. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code MIND. That's promo code M-I-N-D. I love that idea because you're right. We we get so close to our pets. Like I said, at first I was just like, well, I'm so close to Maverick. I know I've created this voice that I hear. I know I've like, there's this personality that's his, but how much of it am I putting on him? You know, because I might say the same, I would, there'd be times where I'd look at him and I'd be like, look at his face. Clearly he's saying this. And they're like, he's just looking at you, Melissa. And I'm like, you don't know him like I do. And so it, there's just so many reasons to doubt, but I love that idea of kind of testing it with somebody else's animal with things that you wouldn't be able to verify or that they can clearly verify for you. I've read so many books on opening up your intuition and, and those little tests are a really big part of it. Because like you said earlier, that belief that it's possible, I think is the key beyond it. Because if you don't believe that it's possible, if you're constantly doubting yourself, then you're basically blocking your own energy, right? Yes. Yeah. And if you're working with an animal communicator, and I, this is also, you know, if you're working with any psychic, I mean, you know, it, and 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 you you basically are positioned about it not being possible. And I, and I listen, I've been there, I've done that, so I can't, I can't, I understand. I don't like it being done to me, but I have done it. What happens? What I notice is 
that is like so distracting for, for those of us who are doing this kind of work because we're hearing that. And it's like, it's, it, I mean, talk about blocking things. It's like, ugh, it's like, it's just awful. So, so um, you know, I can appreciate a healthy amount of skepticism. And, and I think the best kind of sessions, however, uh, first of all, if you're that skeptical, don't don't put your money there. It's silly, you know. I mean, if you really, if you if your intention is to kind of make to prove that this isn't something that actually works, you know, do something else. But if you kind of if you you kind of hope it works, but you're not sure, whatever, then you know that's fine. But the best the best way to work with a communicator, from my perspective, is when you when you're both on the same team, you know. And you're and the team of whatever the name of the, you know, Team Maverick, right? And so where, you know, there was this woman once where, uh, you know, her dog, her dog didn't want her to go away on vacation. Well, what dog does, right? And But I, she's like, I didn't know why the dog didn't want. So I finally asked because owner says, well, ask her why. You know, and of course, my mind is going like, well, this is no mystery, right? <laughs> but I said, okay, fine, I'll ask. The dog says, well, I'm afraid she's going to break her hip. Okay, well, that's very specific. Said she's afraid you're going to break your your hip. She said, oh, that makes sense. A year and a half ago, I went on vacation and I broke my hip, right? So it's like, holy crap. (laughs) I'm so glad I didn't censor myself, right? And I just laid it out there. And I'm glad that she, as a co-participant, you know, know, was able to say, oh, let me give you the context for this. You know, because that's, that helps everybody and it's just more relaxing for everybody. And then it's like, okay, let's just roll, you know, let's just have fun. Um, But, you know, even listen, even we, uh, you know, our minds, you know, we have minds that also negate and, and chatter too. You know, it's, it's just that hopefully for the most part, that kind of falls away when we do these sessions, you know, but, but as I said, you know, when she first said, well, why doesn't she want me to go away? You know, why is she so clingy? Why does she not want me to go away? My intellectual mind, my analytical mind kind of came up with an answer. But I didn't let that be the answer because, okay, she wants, you know, I didn't know if it was the truth or not. It was just my mind for sure. <laughs> uh, and and so uh, if you're waiting for 100% I know that whatever I'm perceiving is real 100% all the time. I don't know if that's ever, ever going to be like a constant state of, you know, it's, it's most of the time I don't think about it, but there are some times that I do think about it, you know, and you can't really, it's not good. Self-consciousness is not going to be your friend. Yeah. You, know, you know, in, in, in work like this into any kind of intuitive work, right? Cause it's in any work, <laughs> right? That's <true>. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's, that's my biggest thing is I, I, like I said earlier, I love to go into things like I'm all in when I go into something new because I want to see what'll happen with, if all of my energy is going forward with it. Yes. I I'm human and I have the negativity bias and I'll have thoughts of doubt afterwards, but like while I'm in that experience, I just, I always feel moved when I'm able to just 
let go of those thoughts for that moment and just say, okay, even if I'm only committing to the, for this amount of time, then I'm there. And I've had so many experiences with people that I'm like, okay, yeah, there's no doubt after that. And then somewhere it's like, is there doubt? And then it's almost like the universe always gives me something that it's like, nope, not anymore. <laughs> and just like with us where I was just going through so many emotions. I was doubting what the vet was saying. I ended up calling like logging onto this air vet thing to talk to somebody else. I called a dog hospice center. Like I was just really like, I needed someone to tell me that this was okay. And, uh, and so, yeah, by the time I got that email from you, I finally could go into that a little bit more confidently or like, I was just so worried about doing wrong for Maverick, I suppose. And I mean, even to this day, the one thing I, I wish is, because I know that animals take on that energy, even the examples that you gave where it's like, well, why is your dog being angry at your boyfriend? Oh, you've been saying these things. You know, the dog sucks, sucks that in and, and he takes that on. And and uh, when I went and put him down, I could not hold my emotions together. I really wanted to be the strong one. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. I do this sometimes on my show. <laughs> but I really wanted to be the strong one and, and uh, just provide a the calming energy for him. And I, I could not manage that. <laughs> and so I hope, I hope that he wasn't scared in those last few, few moments. Um, but I did the best I can. And <laughs> I hope he at least knows that. You know, Melissa, I, you gave birth, right? I mean, yes. you were given birth. Okay. So the fact that there were other things going on in the room, did it really, I mean, you were busy. You know what I mean? You're busy with your process. And I haven't ever had an animal say to me, you know, after they transitioned, oh, I was really disappointed in them. You know, I mean, (laughs) I mean, just they, they don't, we are so much more rough on ourselves than they are on us. It's just, you know, Really, and and the you know, and the other things that I want to say on on that one because I've and I've been on both sides of it is we're always as humans. I think we're always going to feel like, well, maybe fill in the blank. Maybe I should have done it sooner. Maybe I should have done it later. Maybe I should have been this way. Maybe I should have been that way. I didn't do this. I should have done that. I mean, I, I don't know anybody who ever said, "Man, did I do a good job on this." I, you know, it, it, or if they did, I don't know if they really felt that. I've felt, you know, bad with with my own animals, and I know what I know. I mean, I, I, I one of my cats when he passed, I, I felt so bad because I, you know, I, I think that I probably tried to do things, and I was hearing things from spirit, and you know, and I thought, okay, well, then we'll keep, you know, giving him fluids or whatever, and it was. I would really, I would not objective. And so I was totally in grief. And, but in that first week, he's like around me and he was so happy. You know, he was eating my food. He was on my chest in the, in the bathtub. He was like, you know, and he was just full of life. And it's not like he wanted to go. He didn't want to go. He just, he couldn't stay, you know, his body just, it wasn't possible. But I have to say to myself, Okay, Ellen, I know you're sad. I, mean, I can still get sad about it. I'm like, you know, I can still get sad about it. But look at how happy he is. So, you know, focus on, try to focus on that. And that said, it's still, 
it's still, as you know, it's, it's still a hard thing. The fortunate thing is that most of the time they, they are not they're They don't stay in that one. They're, they've, they're, they, they're beyond that. You know, they're like, eh, you know, it doesn't, I, you know, I remember asking my mom, cause I've never had a child, but you know, whether childbirth hurt or something or whether she's like, Oh, you don't even remember the pain, you know, on some level, I'm sure you do, your body does, but you know, it's like, it's weird. You do, like it, you black it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll just say that the animals are just like so aware of their own vitality afterwards that they don't really give a damn. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's rare. Sometimes I do have to pop an animal out of some level of stuckness in relation to, to that incident, but it's, um, you know, they're, they're by and large, they're in way better shape than we are when they transition and, and they're still around. And that's a thing that you know, you know, and you can call him in at any time. And if he's not busy, he'll, he'll show up. It's like a GPS, you know, he's got a GPS on you. You've got a GPS on him. Our energies are entwined now is how I look at it. Yeah, they were before and they are still. It's just a difference in form. It's a difference in form. Oh, I do miss his fluffy little form though. <laughs> There's yeah, nothing quite like Maverick's little kisses and hugs, but I do still feel him. And, and I think the one bright side of losing Maverick is that I mean, he knows the journey I've been on, especially the last 10 years. And he knows the journey that got me to this journey. And I don't judge. That's what I heard. I don't judge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Maverick, I needed that. And and so it's interesting to me where I've been just kind of practicing connecting to spirit in all the ways with what I've learned over over the last 10 years. And I feel like the progress has been most profound since losing Maverick because it's this energy that I just cannot negate. It's the energy I know better than oddly my husband and my baby's energy because we were just together for so long and and it was just such a different kind of bond. And so I I want to say thank you to you for your role in Maverick passing and, and just uh, giving me what I needed in that moment because I, I really did. And, and I know how healing that conversation was with him was for me. And, and even just having a little bit of feeling like I wasn't alone in the decision and not necessarily that you were saying to make the decision, but that Maverick was making it with me and it wasn't something I was doing to him. And so for listeners that are interested in learning more about you and your work and the services that you provide, where's the best place for them to connect? So the best way for them to reach me is to go to my website, which is askmypet.com. And then they can take a look at the kinds of uh, appointments that I offer and uh, and the fees, as well as the 10-minute free intro to how I work and sign up for that as well. All the links for this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 264. Your challenge for this week is to test your abilities. So whether your pet is still alive, whether you just have a bond with animals and you want to try this, or whether your pet is gone, you can still find ways to connect. I do really love the idea of testing it with somebody else's pet because you know, I know, (laughs) when we have our own pet, that bond is so deep. We don't know what we're making up. What's the voice we created in our heads when they were one month old or what? 
But Maverick had a specific voice. He had a specific way of talking. And I would just look at him and he would answer me. And if I thought hard about it forever, I really just thought that I had created a little personality for him. But the more spiritual I became and the more aware I became, the more I realized there was something different. And so it's what kept my mind open to something like this, especially around the time that he was passing, or even a few years ago when I got an animal communicator to see how he felt, what he needed from me. I just love him so much. I wanted to make sure his needs were met, you know? So use somebody else's pet, see if you hear anything, something comes to you even just as a thought and then just poke around a little. See if you can get some information out of your friend to see if it's real, depending if you wanna sound crazy or not, or if you're just honest about these types of things. <laughs> I know it can vary. I would probably just straight up say, you know, I'm testing animal communication and I wanna know if there's any truth to this. So those are really good ways to get a feel for maybe how your communication style is or just to set the intention to deepen your intuition even if nothing happens right away. You can do this with your pet as well. Be still with them, ask questions, see if an answer comes. And if your pet is gone, take that time for stillness. I mentioned how in that first month that he died, I used basically all of my meditation time to connect with Maverick and we were having full-on conversations. It actually kind of blew my mind. And yes, there was the seed of doubt that maybe I'm just making up a conversation because I'm grieving so badly, but I don't think so. It felt different. And I do use my petsies as a tool because it's just really healing. It is still very hard for me not to see him around all the time. And so, now that I can, it just makes me feel really good. So I'm kind of obsessed with it. I'm also a little bit obsessed with watching my baby bond with this stuffed thing because I just thought they'd grow up together. I don't know why I thought Maverick would live to be 30, but I just did. <laughs> so anyways, check out mypetsies.com. I have a link in the show notes and check out my Instagram so you can see what it's like. I've already sent this recommendation to a bunch of people. So I feel like they're gonna get an influx of orders, but it's just so good and they were on Shark Tank. So there you have it. If you love this episode, please send it to somebody or take a screenshot. Maybe somebody needs an episode like this. I know I would have loved for a friend to send this to me if my pet had just died like he did because it's really freaking hard and people, do not give it the same reverence as humans sometimes, unless you have had that bond and then you know, and it is just as deep of a grief. <sighs> Still healing, but one day at a time, right? And Maverick is with me. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by joining Mind Love Premium at mindlove.com slash premium, where you get extra episodes, ad-free listening, early release, meditations, or you can support one of my many sponsors at mindlove.com slash sponsors. I love them all. They're products or services that I use and have vetted. And you can also leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And that's all for today. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today and I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift 
to keep your vibes up until next week. 